Hello, welcome to the Going Upstairs podcast from Opening Up Cricket. Hope you're all well as you join me for episode 64 of the pod. And at this point, it is probably worth a thank you to everyone who has listened to episodes in the past. And if anyone's ever given a review or a subscription on your platform, that's great because I believe the way the algorithms work that gets it out to more people to listen and and hopefully take something from it so i appreciate that any comments feedback etc just get in touch via the usual methods on social media and my email is mark at openingupcricket.com but for this episode it is again going back to the pre-season series which originally was broadcast on zoom for people to access live it's also available on our youtube channel but to have a listen to it while you're going about your day this is of course the platform and the guest for this episode is kent's daniel bell drummond and i caught up with daniel just after he'd returned to england following the abu dhabi t10 league so he was in his quarantine while we chatted and the topics we looked at were mental strategies to bat long which might have been the last thing from his mind given what he'd just been playing in we also looked at overcoming adversity and maintaining good mental health so hope you enjoy it here it is evening daniel evening how are you doing yeah, good. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Glad to be on. How's the uh, quarantine going? Yeah, it's not too bad. I'm sort of used to it. Um, <laughs> just, yeah, being the lockdowns we've had and then quarantining abroad. It's not, this has been one of the better ones, yeah. Right. So can't complain. But yeah, I'm ready to get out now. I'm out on Thursday, I think. Thursday right, morning. Okay. So, and how are you doing? Yeah, not bad. Yes, just like everyone trying to find a way through to when the restrictions are lifted and there's a bit of cricket and, uh, and yeah. the rest of it really, yes. Um, but it's been nice to to find ways of connecting with people in different, different uh, platforms because a lot of the online stuff has really taken off because we've had no choice but it's then easier to reach people because they can absolutely yeah at any time they want really yeah yeah oh that's good though yeah i'm sure everyone's in the same boat just wanting things to get back to normal um but no i'm glad to see that at least there's a silver lining for you in this in this sense yeah um how did you find the the experience of the t10 it was good i um yeah, it's a new tournament for me, especially. I've never been, so it's just super quick. I mean, there's no time to chill. Just as a batsman from ball, from ball one, like ball two, if you're if you're really feeling conservative, but you've got to go, got to go for it. So, no, it was good fun. Like I only I played one game, uh, which I enjoyed, but yeah, it's just strange. I think the bus journeys were longer than the games. It was that short? But, um, <laughs> No, I really enjoyed it. Hopefully, yeah, I don't know. Like, this is obviously a new form, isn't it, cricket? But, yeah, as long as it's fun, I think it should bring a lot of people into the game as well. Yeah, yeah. It, as you said, I, I watched a few on on Sky and it is so compact. 
Um, yeah. You could go out and make a cup of tea and you've missed a big part of the game. So you've got to... Exactly. Exactly. No, it's so true. And um, yeah, some of the teams were quite good. Obviously, the teams who got to the final, some serious players. Um, but yeah, like it's just no, no holding back from ball one. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, we'll make a make a start in just a second. Perfect. Enough. The first topic we're going to go to is uh, strategies for batting long. So almost the complete opposite of what we've just been talking about there. Yeah. And um, so yeah. Okay. Well, we'll we'll crack on. Uh, first of all, welcome to to Daniel for this our sixth now uh, pre-season series session where we're looking at mental well-being through cricket. Uh, through the eyes of uh, of a different player each time. And it's great to have Daniel here, who is currently in quarantine following his, his time out in Abu Dhabi for the T10 there. So um, fingers crossed that all goes smoothly for the rest of the, the time. The first thing we're going to look at then, Daniel, is um, mental strategies to bat long, um, thinking about your red ball here. But I suppose also in, in white ball where you might have... Um, a long time at the crease. Uh, just interested to hear in anything you've got to share with regards to that. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, like you say, that tends to happen more in red ball. But no, for me, it's just about taking each ball, like each ball one after another, um, and not looking too far ahead. Obviously, you have a game plan and where you want to be at the end of the day. But I think it's just really important to just stick to the processes. Um, and yeah, and just make sure you give every ball 100% attention. And for me, that's what's helped when I have done well. Um, is Yeah, just to stay in the moment and not think too far ahead. Um, and also between deliveries, I tend to have my routines and just step away um, and just make sure I come out of that zone. Because obviously it's a very, especially if you bat for a long time, it, it's a lot of time under, under pressure or sort of at a high intensity mentally. So yeah, as much as possible, just chilling between balls or, yeah, making sure that I step out of that zone. And so when I go back in it, I'm doubly focused and I'm I'm not tiring myself out where I don't need to. Okay. Um, in that space between balls or between overs, you say you like to have a bit of a break and, and chill out. Um, will you, between, yeah, between overs, will you discuss what the game plan is, the situation, or will you try and take a little bit of time to, to get away from the context? I definitely think both. So it would be, yeah, especially like myself, someone who, who likes to plan and likes to strategize things. I definitely will speak to the other batsmen about uh, certain things we've noticed or our game plans. But as long as, as long as I've got what I've had to say across and I've listened to my, to my colleague, I think, yeah, I'm not going to talk for the sake of it. After that, I'll come back, come into my own zone. And even that could be speaking to the umpire, just having a conversation with him or just practising my technique in the background. But for me, that's still switching off because I'm not in in the current uh, mind space of when I'm ready to face the ball. So, yeah, just making sure that what, whatever it takes. And I don't mean sort of thinking about what I'm going to have for dinner <laughs> Uh, later that day but just yeah not being stuck in that zone that I need to be fresh for when 
I face up for the next delivery. Yeah. And is this something which is fairly common across the different formats that you play? Or is there any variance depending on the, the particulars of the game? I think, I think it just naturally it is different just because in T20, I'm, I'm sure it's an individual thing. Um, I know a lot of batsmen are very different to me and how they prepare, but I can only talk from my, my point of view, but I sometimes find 2020 cricket or the shorter forms, um, the game sort of takes you along with it. Um, and yeah, like in T20, you're either, you're always going to be a bit tired if you're batting well because you're swinging as hard as you can or um, you're running hard between the wickets, as you always should do, but there's obviously less dot balls. Um, normally the crowd's getting into it. So yeah, a lot of the time um, it's harder to step back in that in that moment, but at the same time, it's a lot of it's a lot shorter. So yeah, I tend to go with the flow a bit more in those formats. Um, and and yeah, the aim of the game is to score as quickly as possible and you know what your plans are. But in four-day cricket for me, yeah, it's definitely, there can be a bit drier periods in the game. So it's just making sure you're not, for me personally, I'm not too high, I'm not too low um, in terms of my mentality and making sure I'm just level-headed and, and yeah, just everything's in sync, ready for the next ball. Because especially in four-day cricket, um, you can be batting fine, batting fine, and one loss of concentration and you're out and you've done the hard work, you've got yourself to 20, you've been out there for an hour or so. So it's just so important um, in all forms of cricket, but especially in the longer form, because you need your the aim is to be out there as long as possible for a batsman. Yeah. Now, my last thing I want to ask on this kind of theme is what you might do if there is a, a set form for you to follow when you reach an interval in a four day game. So if you're out there still batting at lunch or at tea, how far do you allow yourself to relax? Or is there always something which is keeping you connected to the game? Um, I th- again, it's so it's so different for everyone. Um, I'm quite I'm quite nervous at like intervals, so I tend not to eat too much because um, I don't want to get too distant from the game. But definitely, I'll take my pads off. I'll put my music on, um, and yeah, I'll make sure I'll relay sort of the tactics to the guys. But in terms of me mentally, yeah, I, even though I've stepped away from it, I'm not in that zone. Because, yeah, because I'm still at the crease, I don't want to just completely forget about it. Um, I still want to stay in tune and think about who might be coming on after lunch. I might speak to the coaches as well, just a few things they might, may have picked up. Um, so I stay fairly present, but obviously I yeah, I take my pads off, I unwind a bit. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd say in the middle, I don't want to get too far detached from the game, but at the same time, that 40 minutes or 20 minutes you really want to make the most of and recuperate and be fresh when you come out after the session. Mm, well, it makes a lot of sense. And I think what I'm picking up a lot is the, the balance between giving yourself those those breaks and also then having the opportunity to, to still be there in, in terms of the game. So there's some things around the mental strategies to bat long, but also, as we've said, to also to bat under any of those circumstances. Um, our next topic here is overcoming adversity. And I must apologise for finding quite cynically two pictures of you 
getting cleaned up here and uh, not very nice <laughs> So I apologise for, for that. I knew, it, I knew it was coming. Everything's good. <laughs> <laughs> so um, with this, um, with your experiences, what, what are your methods to overcome adversity, whether it be um, the end of an innings or something that's a little bit more long term? No, it's, it's a really good question. And that's probably the biggest challenge any sportsman will face overcoming adversity and not just sport, but in life. But for me, it's always a work in progress. I, I don't know anyone who's perfect and I'm certainly not. Um, but I try and I try and stay level-headed. I think I'm, I'm a guy who likes to think about the game and analyse what I've done wrong. But the older I've got, um, the more I just back my training and understand that mistakes are made and you're not going to be not out every game you play, like you're going to get out at some point. Um, so yeah, especially when I have those bad days, um, I try not to take it too personally. Um, obviously I'll go through what I may have done wrong and sometimes I haven't done much wrong. It was just the bowler was better than me or I was unlucky. Um, but yeah, it's just making sure that, like I said previously, just staying level and not, beating yourself up too much that you miss out on your next opportunity um, because you're worried about what just happened. But like I say, no one's perfect. I'm, I'm definitely in that category. Um, and yeah, it's, I think whenever you do well after overcoming adversity, it's always, it's always the big, the best feeling because you really know how it felt previously when you struggled or failed. Um, shouldn't even say failed, but when it didn't go to plan, um, but yeah, and that's in terms of when it's just happened or within the game. But without of the game, definitely I have my my go-to people. Um, so I'm very close to my parents um, and my girlfriend. And yeah, they're brilliant for me, always talking through things, whether it's good or bad, they'll always be on the phone. Um, and yeah, it, they just sort of bring me, if I've done amazingly, they'll obviously be really happy, but they'll also understand that it's just a game. And when I do badly same thing though I might think it's the worst thing that's happened because I've built it up or it's a big game um but they'll let me know again same thing that look it's just a game there's tomorrow you've got another chance um and yeah I think that's really key just for me not getting too high when on the good days and not getting too low on the bad days and just yeah trying to stay at that even kill that definitely helps me um and I repeat again the main thing for me is just not beating yourself up so that you you miss out on the next opportunity when it could have been your day and you've sort of outthought yourself or or given yourself some bad energy so that's yeah that's mainly my thoughts on that and how I sort of what helps me to overcome it yeah now the life of a of a batter is like you've said there it's never perfect there's always a dismissal around the corner or always something which can be seen as as adversity what do you feel that has been the biggest lesson in terms of how you you deal with that has there been a particular point in your career where you you started to to think about these things a bit differently or have you always been able to have that quite balanced objective perspective on it not at all I think it's it's definitely gotten better with age but yeah I, I still think if I was to struggle going forwards um I'd like to think I'd have everything in place and that's what that's why these chats are brilliant but 
yeah, you never know how the future will be. So it's just making sure that all these things are in place and you you control what I can control what I can. Um, but yeah, I I think when I when obviously I was younger, um, just playing youth cricket, it wasn't professional. Like I was obviously you'd succeed more than the people around you. Um, sort of the upbringing I had and how good I was at that age. But yeah, as I start to get into the men's team and into the Kent team and, and yeah, certain, obviously everyone's professional. It's everyone's paid to be there. Obviously these days are a bit less that like you're not going to dominate. And for me being a, a very good sort of junior cricketer, that was a, a, I wouldn't say challenge, but it was definitely noticeable that, yeah, it's not going to be that easy. So I need to, not saying it was easy as a kid, but um, I definitely have to find the best thing I could do is to find a way how to deal with failure or to deal with um, a perceived failure, should we say. Um, because, no, at the end of the day, most batsmen, I think all bat- even the best in the world, are going to fail more than they succeed. So um, it's just about being realistic and, and making sure that yeah, not just that you're ready for the next game and you don't put yourself down, but also understanding that it's as much as you've done the training, that's all you can do. Do train hard and stick to the processes and the rest will take care of itself, whether it's good or bad, you can't do much more. So, um, yeah, that's what I've found in my, it's quite, I'm still quite young, but I've played a fair bit. Um, that's what I've found in my career. And I've also can say that it's, I don't think anyone will find, unless you don't care or, you've lost the the sort of vibe to play. Um, I think even the Darren Stevens is of the world, 45-year-old legend that can, I think he still has days where he's disappointed or he's down. Um, so, no, it, it obviously it gets better with age, but I think when anyone's com- very competitive and they want the best for themselves, you're always going to have those bad days, but it's just making sure you know how to cope with them for sure. Yeah. Okay, so we've got there some elements of um, overcoming adversity. And what I'm looking for really in in, in any conversation I ever have with a cricketer, whether it's someone who plays for fun or someone who plays for a living, is there's things in our sport which can teach us great skills, mental skills that can be used in cricket and elsewhere. There's also that recovering from setbacks um, element to it as well, but also... Um, there is, of course, the the feature of it where, just like in any other walk of life, we are given opportunities to do things to maintain good mental health. Um, everyone has mental health and everyone has their own strategies about how they, they look after it and, and make sure they're in the, the healthy, happy place. So for yourself, either with a cricket and hat on or just day-to-day living... What is it that you do to to maintain good mental health so you can perform and live your life how you wish? No, it's, it's a good point. I think it's key for anyone because um, that's that's where everything starts in the head. But no, for me personally, um, I've got my routine. So I'll ring my parents most mornings and set the day up like that. They, they wake up very early, so I know I can just give them a call. Um, and even even on a cricket day or like now I'm in quarantine, I'll still give them a ring. Um, that starts me off brilliantly um, in a good mood. Um, but also the things I do 
sort of out of cricket are massive for me. So not just keeping in contact with family, but I've got a few different hobbies. Um, so I, I love property. Um, I also love other sports as well, football, basketball. So I, yeah, I just I just follow those like a fan and just take myself out of the cricket side of things, um, which which can really help because when I go back to cricket, I'm very fresh. And like I say, everyone's different. Some people um, can really keep cricket sort of with them 24-7 and, and read their news and that will give them a kick. But for me, I, I like to step back from it and, um, and yeah, speak to people who don't necessarily know about cricket too much as well and just sort of live my life outside cricket. And that tends to give me, um, that tends to put me in a good headspace and I feel like I've got a lot of energy going back to training or going to play games just because my mind's fresh. Um, and yeah, I'd say those are the main things which sort of keep me keep me going strong from the cricket point of view. Um, and then other than that, it's quite simple things. I'm looking into a few bits. Um, I know my girlfriend likes to meditate as well. So she's been she's been getting on to me with that which I need to start um but I've yeah I've just been abroad and all around all around the world in the last couple of months but um no she's brilliant for that as well so no I've got a lot of um got a lot of things in place which I like to do and um, some of them not by design it's just it just naturally helps me and others yeah definitely by design to just put me in my best headspace coming back into competitive cricket mm. What's um what would you say is the the role of the team or the squad in helping each other be able to maintain good mental health? It's massive. I think especially in professional sport, um, we're gonna be with our teammates the most we'll see anyone. Um so it's obviously not everyone's gonna get along, but from a professional point of view and the Kent guys are brilliant at it. Um, just picking each other up um, when you have bad days and they can, it, everyone can see like in cricket, it's very, it's very obvious if you've had a good day or not, because the numbers don't tend to lie. Um, but yeah, our team are brilliant at that. The coaches understand that. Um, and yeah, it's obvious. Everyone wants to be treated differently, but for sure we've got a good environment there and where, people pick each other up when they have tougher days um, and we're all in it together as well. I think with any sport or any level of sport, I think you're all on the field fighting for one goal or aiming to win for your team. So once you have that in common, I think you touched on it previously about the life lessons you learn um, and definitely cricket teamwork and understanding each other's strengths and, and, um, and weaknesses is brilliant um, for a team sport because yeah, you you learn to work together, and you, some people pick up the slack in different areas. So, no, it's it's very vital. It's extremely vital, um, especially in a sport like cricket, where your performance impacts how someone else might do that day. Um, so, yeah, I think it's key that a team has a good sort of good spirit, and um, they pick each other up and look out for each other as well. Mm. Now, my final bit before I open it to questions, and if anyone does have a question, please put it either in the Q&A or the chat and I'll, I'll pick it out from there. Um, we've discussed quite a bit there on, on different strategies that are employed and, and it's clear to see that you're someone who, who, who does consider this, who's got a, got a plan as routines and so on. So 
how easy is it as a professional player, um, particularly perhaps now with the the movement that we have a lot more with, for example, you spending time in the T10 league and then coming coming back to preparing for a season with, with county cricket. How easy or, or difficult is it for someone to show their their vulnerability, uh, whether that be something they're worried about with their game or elsewhere in their life? I'm sh- it's a good question. I'm sure it's improving for sure. Um, yeah, it, it can be tough, I guess, going in and out of teams um, because you, you might not know the players you're playing with as well. Um, and yeah, it, it can be tough. I know about the stigma behind it, but I think it's improving a lot for the better. Um, and it's not just about, it might not, might not just be about sort of someone might be struggling outside of the game. It might purely be things that they want to bring up about their own their own game and cricket themselves. And um, I think our, co- my, our new batting coach, Michael Yard, is brilliant for that. He sort of strips it back because at the end of the day, it's, especially as a batsman, it's just you out there, like you're making the decisions. So you need to make sure that whatever's making the decisions for you is is working smoothly and and uh, is in a happy place. So no, I think it's I think it's getting a lot better in cricket. Um, and yeah, like like society, I'm sure it will keep improving as well. But um, it's definitely definitely one of the better sports I've seen. Not that I've experienced too many else, but. I can only speak good things from my from my experiences. Yeah, okay. And that in fact has has largely answered the first question that, that's come in about how the approach to mental health has changed throughout your career. I, I, I assume then that you you've seen this improvement that has gone on from when you first started to where you are now. Absolutely, yeah. Um so I started in 2011 ages ago now I feel oh just 10 years ago um and yeah like I'm obviously I still remember it clearly and it wasn't I'd like to think it wasn't too dissimilar but I can definitely see changes happening and um and thought and people being understood more um and yeah these certain whether it's um psychological things people might be going through or whether it's technical I feel people can talk about it a lot more and not have to sort of as they say like keep it uh sort of put their head beneath the parapet um and no I think I think that brings out the best in people because when they can feel open to voice their concerns or they have like if they're in a good state um it definitely is good for them as well and not just yeah not talking up and um and that that can be quite damaging um as we've seen so I think it's definitely it's definitely getting better, and um, I hope it continues to improve even more. Well, that's good to good to hear, and it, it correlates with what some of the other guys in these sessions have been have been saying, both in their individual counties and the perception across the game. Um, question here from Jack: From a mental perspective, how do you adapt to batting in a different position? So, opening to number three, for example. It's always quite tough. Um, I'd, for me, I I think once you get out to bat, you'll tend to find a way um, and it's just making sure you're ready for it. You're not surprised. So say if you're normally an opener and you're coming into bat at number four or five and you start against spin, 
just don't be surprised against about those things um just prepare mentally and obviously not everyone especially in this covid times not we can't all just go for a net in the local sports center and just practice spin but for me definitely because i've done a bit of both as well mainly an opener but i've batted in the middle and the main difference for me has been sort of not starting when starting when everyone else has already in the game and got on feel for the game um whereas when i normally open everyone's starting afresh so i'm i feel very comfortable because i know the bowlers just starting as well um but yeah i think it's about mentally preparing yourself that you could come in at any stage um and not being surprised that if there's um if there's a spinner on first of all or if you get a bounce a first ball which you less you're less likely to get as an opener for sure okay um jamie says what's the best advice you've ever been given whether that's on the field or off it's a good question um Ooh, a sift through a fair bit. Um, I think of it for my dad. Like he's he's been a massive part of my sort of cricketing journey, having played himself. But yeah, from his yeah his saying to me is never give up. Um, and there's been time. It comes back to that adversity point. I mean, there's been times, countless times in my career where. I didn't know where the next run was coming from um, and I was able to find a way and then suddenly I have got a hundred and it made the last two weeks of bad form or month of bad form feel like a distant memory. Um, so that's always something that stuck with me and yeah, for me, like never giving up. It doesn't mean obviously keep sort of trying something that's not working, but it just means always keep the faith Um so I'd say that's the best piece of advice I've been given. Um, but yeah, also just not to take things too seriously and to compartmentalise things. I've really started to learn getting older um, and yeah, just making sure that you're in the moment with each everything you're doing and you're not taking sort of um, issues or problems from one place to another and just trying to separate things definitely helps me from a mental point and psychological point of view for sure so I'd say they're my best sort of two pieces of advice I've been given or learned um, but still always learning like everyone yeah fantastic um final one that I've got left here although there is still time if people wish to put something else uh, up there is you mentioned with the um trust in the process when uh, you're you're not getting runs and you perhaps are out of form. Um, what happens when, if this does happen, if you then start to feel the process is is wrong? How do you you deal with that? And and perhaps thinking that everything that you're falling back on in times of bad form maybe isn't the right thing to get you out of the at the other end. Yeah, that I'm sure. No, it definitely happens. Um, and yeah, what I this happened a fair bit to me. And what I tend to do is go to the people I trust the most. Um, and then, yeah, I'll go back to square one in a way and be like, let's break it down. Like whatever I'm doing isn't quite working at the minute. Um, so yeah, I'll try and go back to square one and, um, and just start from the basics really. But that's from a technical point of view. Um, from a mental and psychological perspective, 
Um, definitely, I'll, again, I'll go back to that compartmentalizing things. I think, yeah, when when you're when you're struggling, you really, especially me, like I don't really want to be watching too much cricket because I love. I grew up watching cricket; it was my first love and a hobby growing up. Um, but yeah, when you're struggling, it can be painful at times watching other games like on your TV. So yeah, if I'm really struggling from that point of view, I'll just sort of separate separate myself from the game while I'm away from it. If I'm not working actively to improve myself, like having conversations, um, just so I can stay fresh and um, have a laugh like elsewhere. Um, and like I say, that tends to give me more energy and uh, focus coming back to it uh, when I do come to train or play. So those are my tips from a technical and then a mental perspective. Okay, and this will be our last question, which I think is a it's a really good one to round things off. After a big win or a high point in the game, how do you effectively decompress and return to normal? Um, what in terms of like after the game? Or then, yeah, I think a bit of both after the game or if there's a moment in a game that's a particular high. Um, I I tend to, yeah, if it's during a game, I'm pretty, I'd like to think I'm uh, quite good at staying in the moment. Um, yeah, if I've, say if I've got to 100, I'm, I'd like to think I'm quite focused coming back after it. I don't think I'm going to sort of get up next ball because I lost focus or I was too stuck in the moment of sort of success. Um, but yeah, definitely if I've had like a brilliant game um, and I've gone, I've finished, I'm going home, Like I'll definitely, similar again, like I say, when I'm on a low point, I'll try and get away from it. And when I'm on a high point, I'll also try and separate myself from it. And obviously I'm still going to enjoy it and, I'm extremely happy because I've worked for it. So no, I'm not for one minute saying I don't enjoy it or lap it up at times. But yeah, when it's all said and done, I try not to, um, I try to leave it in the past um, from a purely professional point of view, just so I'm going back to training uh, fully focused and and doing what I have to do. Um, And yeah, just taking the emotion out of it, especially when I'm back at training because uh, I need to prepare for that next game. So that's, yeah, that's my bit on that. Yeah, great. Well, that brings us to a close. Um, and I think all that's been covered here for anyone watching and listening, it gives some really brilliant insights into not only how how you think, Daniel, but also how actually some of these approaches can be used for our cricket. If there's anyone out there wanting to score more runs, enjoy their game more, but also these things all transfer into other areas of, of our lives. And I think that that thing you said at the end about how things aren't going so well, as well as when things are going well, taking some time away from what that is helps to recalibrate and balance. So I'm thinking about that already um, as a concept. So thanks very much for your time. Uh, look forward to hopefully the fans being back in the stadiums this summer and seeing you do your thing then. So cheers, Daniel. Thanks very much. Thank you. Happy to be on. Cheers. Take care.